This episode of I'm Reviewing Here is unofficially sponsored by Never Have I Ever, the Netflix show that just debuted its fourth and final season, and it is friggin' fabulous. If you love high school comedies, if you love high school romances, oh god, that not like in a creepy way. I, you know, if you're just into like romance and if you're into just good, old-fashioned, fast-paced entertainment, you know? Never Have Ever is the perfect show for you. I cannot recommend it enough. It's been four seasons, and I've loved every one of them. It is a flawless show. It makes me miss high school so much. It's funny. It's sweet. It's heartbreaking. It's everything. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so glad the way it ended, but I'm also just mad that it ended because we won't get any more seasons. But I cannot recommend it enough. Check it out. Watch it. Netflix. Never Have I Ever. Boom. It's good. So good. I'm reviewing here. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. TGIF, TGIF. Is it TGIF? Yeah, TGIF. Remember TGIF, like, on ABC, Boy Meets World? Oh, so good. My parents didn't let me watch Boy Meets World, but my dad used to secretly let me because he had a crush on Topanga just like I did. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watch and review science sounds, top greatest movies of all time. Wow, I'm talking really, really fast. It could have been the salad I just ate. I... Yeah, salad, they give me energy. Guys, the gods have spoken because um, I'm recording this on a very, very rainy day. And as soon as I hit record, the rain stopped. You can probably... I'm not going to pick up the microphone. I was going to walk to the window with the microphone, but it's going to get unplugged and I don't want to deal with that right now. Oh my goodness me. Um, I've This is such a fun, exciting episode and it's like the perfect episode to air on a Friday because we all need a little entertainment in our lives. We all need a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a little bit of action and adventure, even if we don't really like it. But it turns out that we kind of do. This movie, um, I was going to be really sarcastic and say, "Oh, no one's ever heard of it. It's small." Oh no, no, no! This is a movie that you've at least heard of or seen clips of. It is one of the most iconic American movies of all time. One of the greatest action adventure movies of all time. This, my friends is Raiders of the Lost Ark, also known as just Raiders, or Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But no, 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 no. It's just Raiders of the Lost Ark. That is what it's forever known as. Take a listen. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the Lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, it is their Atanis. And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I'll tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let her go. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. 
Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Do, 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 do. You at least know that song. I mean, come on. If you're not a movie buff, you've at least heard of that song. Oh my God, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. Um, I rewatch. Okay, okay. Let's start from the beginning. So yeah, when I was a kid, I owned this movie on VHS, but it was mainly like my mom's movie. My mom, this is one of my mom's favorite movies of all time. And when I was a kid like literally like age five, I think I remember watching this movie for the first time and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And it was, but it was, it was a movie that I would kind of not watch as much as other Spielberg movies, you know, like I'd rather watch E.T. or Jaws, uh, not really Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think I never understood the movie when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I just watched it for the action and you know, the, oh cool, look at the snakes and look at the tarantulas and oh, that guy, is burning at the end. You know, I was a morbid kid. Don't forget. So I think I've really like, I enjoyed those scenes, but to this day, only until like last week when I rewatched the movie, I had never watched it in one sitting and like actually tried to understand what was going on. That is freaking nuts. I'm 32 now. And it took me that long to really just sit and not just watch the action scenes, but like actually watch it from beginning to end and follow the story and, and, you know, really appreciate it more guys. It was amazing. It worked so well. And it was like, it was like an elixir for me, you know, I don't know. It, it, it put this movie, like put me in such a better mood. I don't know really how to explain it. And I'm, I'm flabbergasted because remember, I'm not really into action movies. I'm not, I'm not a Star Wars person. I'm sorry, please don't kill me. I'm not a Marvel head. I'm sorry, please don't kill me again. I really honestly cannot, can, cannot, I cannot stand a lot of action movies. Not all of them. When they're well done, I really like them. I just feel like there are too many of them and they need to stand out, you know? They just need to stand out. RRR, the movie that came out last year, freaking one of my favorite movies of all time. Dungeon and Dra Dungeons and Dragons, the movie that came out this year. I loved it. I was cracking up. I was laughing out loud. I was really enthralled with it. It was silly, but of course it was meant to be silly. I loved it. Um, it just, yeah, they're not always for me. Raiders of the Lost Ark, though, just there was just something about rewatching this movie... I don't know, maybe if it, if it was just nostalgic for me, it made me think about my childhood or something, but wow, it, it really just made me understand so much better how unforgettable this movie is. This is an unforgettable action-adventure movie. It's very similar to kind of like when the first Star Wars came out. Now, and I'll get into the making of this movie. Funnily enough, you know, Star Wars, the first one was uh, directed by George Lucas. George Lucas actually co-wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark with Steven Spielberg and another guy named Lawrence Kasdan. But I, I, I compare it to Star Wars in that Star Wars, the first movie, it was like a sleeper hit. It wasn't trying to be this big franchise-starting 
masterpiece. You know, it was just meant to be a goofy little, like, Flash Gordon kind of, like, space sci-fi action movie with a little bit of comedy and a little bit of darkness, you know. Raiders of the Lost Ark was the exact same. Spielberg has even been quoted as saying he was he was just want, he just wanted to make a B movie, you know? He wasn't looking to make a big franchise. This is also this movie came out in 1981. You got to remember too. I mean franchises, movie franchises, they've been around forever, but they're just not as extreme and um, you know, annoying as <laughs> as they are right now. So I think that's what's so great about this movie is that, it, like Star Wars, it's not trying to be an epic movie. It's just trying to be fun. It's trying to give you a good time. And it does that. It's perfect. It's just so perfect. The action sequences are exhilarating. The music by John Williams is pulse-pounding and awesome. There's, there's comedy in it. There's romance. What more could you want in an action movie? And I think here's the best thing about Raiders of the Lost Ark and also the whole Indiana Jones franchise in general. They're very silly. They're very campy and silly and not meant to be taken too seriously. And you know what? I love action movies like that. They are my favorite. You know, I'm not a James Bond person because they just get too serious for me. You know, they get really too serious. I mean, yeah, Casino Royale I thought was like awesome, but eh, rest of the sequels, I mean, Skyfall was pretty cool, but eh, it weren't really my cup of, cup of tea. I was going to say cup of Joe, but tea Joe? I don't know. Joe's coffee, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't drink coffee anymore. Guys, I'm actually coffee sober right now. I have not said that in a while, but it's not really for medical reasons. It's just because I'm vegan now. And anytime you put milk and coffee, it curdles and it looks like vomit and like semen. And it's so disgusting and I can't drink it anymore. Oatly is the only, uh, non-dairy, non-dairy drink that will not curdle. That's what someone at work told me. But anyway, I don't think there's any milk in Ridgers of the Lost Ark. So we have to worry about that. So yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, what was I saying? I know I'm getting all I'm all over the place because this is what happens when a movie really surprises me. Like I said, I wasn't really like a diehard fan of this franchise growing up. I'd seen the sequels growing up. I'm not a Temple of Doom fan. That was the sequel starring um, Kate Capshaw, Spielberg's wife right now. And uh, Kay, uh, yeah, Kei Hui Kwan. Kihi, no, I'm sorry, Kei Hui Kwan. Uh, who, as you know, just won an Oscar for everything ever all at once. And he was in Temple of Doom and the Goonies. He's most famous for those two movies. He plays uh, Shoehorn, or what's his name in the movie? Oh, Short Round. Sorry, close. Um, and yeah, he's precious in that movie. He's kind of like the only good thing about Temple of Doom, though. The Last Crusade, the third movie, I loved as a kid. I didn't own that on uh, VHS, but whenever it was on TV, I would get so excited. The scene at the end with the Holy Grail. Oh my God, it's so badass. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the fourth one, I absolutely hated with all my might. 2008 that came out. Um, I do not understand how that movie was like so well... Uh, up, well-reviewed by critics. I don't get it. I remember Roger Ebert gave it like three and a half stars. I almost walked out of the theater when Shia LaBeouf starts swinging with the monkeys in the trees. I think that's when I literally, I was what, like 40, 50, 17, I think when that came out and I almost walked out. I literally was like, this is so stupid. The movie opens with like these like chipmunks or whatever in this desert and then a bus, they hide under their, uh, what, uh, what is it? They're like prairie dogs. I'm sorry. 
they hide under th their holes and then this truck goes over them and then you ain't nothing but a hound dog starts playing and then the credits come up and it has nothing to do with anything in the movie oh my god that movie i do not understand it and guys it this is june so there is a fifth movie that just came out the Dial of Destiny. Sorry, I don't know why I'm talking like that. Yes, I've seen it. Um, I do recommend it. Well, look, it's a lot better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And even though Spielberg didn't direct Dial of Destiny, uh, I think it's a very good closing film uh, for Harrison Ford. Because, you know, he allegedly is not playing Indiana Jones anymore. But look what this movie did, though. You know, I this movie spawned a huge franchise. And like Star Wars, like a lot of movies, it wasn't trying to be big, you know? Spielberg, uh, so the origin of this movie is pretty cool because uh, it kind of just started because Spielberg was just like a big fanboy of James Bond and action-adventure movies. You know, if you look at the original poster for Raiders of the Lost Ark, the tagline is, quote, the return of the great adventure. And that just sums it up perfectly. It's just a, it's just a, it, it has that nostalgic little like cereal feel, not the, not the food, like cereal, like, you know, cereals, like the old little shows that would play on TV. It has the feeling of that, you know, it has the feeling of like a Western meets, uh, like die hard, but like PG 13 sort of meets like a horror movie, you know, with like supernatural goofy little elements. It's all those things. And Spielberg and Kasdan and Lucas, they made it their own thing. The way the story formed was that George Lucas, um, Star Wars episode four was about to come out. You know, that was the first movie that was about to come out in 1977. George Lucas went to Hawaii. Steven Spielberg was there. They were buddies. They started talking about making, uh, an action adventure movie. Spielberg, like I said, he actually said that he'd already he'd he'd always wanted to direct a James Bond movie, and George Lucas basically said, "Well, I have a better idea. Let let let's do this." Uh, they returned to uh, L.A. and they met up with Lawrence Kasdan, and they wrote this incredible original script. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not based on any book or or comic book series or anything. It's just three guys who just love a good time at the movies. Now they originally had some differing different views on on how Indiana Jones should be as a hero, you know, as a character. Spielberg uh, want, did not. Okay, no, Lucas. I'm sorry. Wanted uh, Jones to be very much like a playboy. You know, he wanted him to be like a James Bond and to get a lot of girls and a lot of action and be the super suave handsome guy, but Lucas and Kasdan, they kind of disagreed with that. They, they wanted him to be, they wanted him to be more of like an every guy, you know, an every man who just happens to be really badass and good looking, but you know, he's not like a sex magnet. Like, you know, it, it's, it's none of that. You know, he, that's what makes Indiana Jones, I think one of like the bet, sorry, I almost spat one of the best, if not the best superhero, um, like character of all time. Spielberg also wanted uh, Jones to be like an alcoholic too, but uh, Kazan and Lucas didn't really agree with that either. So they wrote this great script and um, a lot of studios, this is shocking, a lot of studios did not pick up this movie. They did not want it. Paramount Pictures eventually did, but that's a little surprising because Spielberg was already acclaimed because he had just done Jaws, huge mega hit. He had just done Close Encounters of the Third Kind, another huge mega hit. A year after Raiders of the Lost Ark, he would do E.T. 
So, you know, he was like at the top of his game. So it's a little surprising that the studios didn't want to pick this up. But at the same time, you know, I think if you kind of put your head in a producer's head from like 1980 or whatever, like if you watch the trailer for this movie, the original trailer, I can kind of get it. I can maybe see why studios may have been like, eh, not really for us. And I think it's because, yeah, it is a very dorky movie, you know? It, it is. It's a very dorky movie. I'm going to talk about... what When I tell you what it's about, if you haven't seen this movie already, I mean, it goes from believable to absolutely ridiculous, but it's just so much freaking fun. And I have to say, too, I mean, look, this is a Spielberg movie. Spielberg, he's one of the greatest directors of all time. There's not a single Spielberg movie that isn't passionately made. Well, maybe Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's an exception, but I don't even think Spielberg wanted to make that. I don't think Spielberg actually wanted to make any sequels to this. He really preferred to make just one movie and one movie only. And he said that Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, it's called The Last Crusade for a meaning. So it was meant to be the last one, but you know, it's Hollywood. They wanted to make a sequel all those, all those years later that happened. Spielberg, though, you know, if you watch any Spielberg movie, there's never a moment that isn't passionately made. And I mean that cinematography-wise, you know? Every shot in a Spielberg movie, you just go, wow, you know? Like, that's really cool. That's really original. I like that. Not even just the shots, but the music and the setting and the the character del uh, line deliveries and, and um, everything. Every shot, every sequence is just, you can just imagine, like, how excited Spielberg was putting any scene together, you know? I mean, he's a true cinephile. I don't like using that word because it rhymes with you-know-what, but, I mean, he is, though, and a lot of directors are like that. So Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's a masterpiece for that reason alone because every shot is just fantastic, you know? And the music, of course, John Williams, you know, it's great. It's just got great action sequences. But you know, you know what also just saves this movie? Harrison Ford. He is just more than perfect in this movie. I mean, I mean that. I, people either love Harrison Ford for Han Solo or Indiana Jones. I love him for What Lies Beneath. That's like one of my favorite movies. It's so good. Him and Michelle Pfeiffer, check it out. But, um... There's just something about Indiana Jones that the character that is so lovable and Ford makes him so instantly lovable. You know, like Ford, like I said, he was a handsome guy. He also just had great comedic timing, though. You know, like I laughed out loud in the beginning of this movie when uh, Jones is in this plane and there's a snake in the, cock in the cockpit with him. And Ford just the way he delivers the line, I hate snakes. It's just so funny. It's so funny, you know? And I go back to the everyman. I, I feel like I use that term a lot, but Jones is just an everyman. Jones is just an American archaeologist in 1936 America, works for this museum, teaches students, just happens to be really badass. But he doesn't make that his job. No, he's just a, he's a teacher first, you know? I think that's what the best thing about Jones is. And Ford, like I said, I mean... Raiders of the Lost Ark was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. It lost to uh, Chariots of Fire. But Harrison Ford, I mean, like, he, like, just deserved an Oscar 
nomination at least for this movie he's just so perfect harrison ford actually has been nominated for an oscar witness made here in philadelphia i don't know if it's on the list though great movie though all right Raiders of the lost ark let's get into this plot okay it's 1936 jones like i said he's an archaeologist the movie opens up in the peruvian woods jungle i mean excuse me uh jones is with these two guys one of the guys is alfred molina Alfred Molina played Doc Ock. Uh, he, um, Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. So yeah, there's a lot of actually unintentional like franchises that meet in this movie. There's also a character in this movie named Salah. Who, uh, Salah, that's how you say his name. He's played by John Reese davies who is most famous for being in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He played Gimli, uh, the little, uh, uh, what's his name? Dwarf? Yeah, Dwarf uh, in, in those movies. And he's so freaking funny in those movies. I really like Lord of the Rings. Uh, okay, so Jones is in the forest, uh, jung why do I keep saying forest? Jungle with uh, Satipo, he's played by Molina, and Satipo's like a little bit of a chicken, but you know, he's he's funny. Uh, they go into this temple and there are booby traps everywhere, there are bugs and tarantulas everywhere, you know, these tarantulas go crawl on top of Satipo's uh, back. And what they're doing is they're looking to get this uh, idol, it's called a golden idol. Um, and it has all this archaeological history. Um, and they go to recover it. This is the famous shot where, you know, Jones is running away from the, the big ball, the big, uh, uh, yeah, it's the ball, right? It's like a, uh, why am I not think it's a ball. Yeah, it's a ball. Sorry. Um, Satipo, meanwhile, tries to outsmart Jones and he takes the golden idol from him, but then Satipo immediately gets killed because he gets, uh, he falls for one of the booby traps and gets these like hooks and knives shoved into the back of him. It's a pretty brutal movie. This is like a family friendly movie, but it's also very dark and scary and violent. And there actually were a lot of scenes in this that almost, um, the movie actually did get an R rating when it was first, uh, uh, you know, previewed for the MPAA. And there's a scene at the end where a character's face gets blown up. And in order to get a PG rating, what Spielberg did was he uh, added this, um, the, he, he inserted this shot of these like flames from a fire in front of the guy getting his head uh, blown up to make it look like, you know, a little less graphic. But fun fact too, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the sequel, led to the creation, my friends, of the PG-13 rating. Because that movie was mega dark. There's a scene where a guy gets his heart torn out of his chest in that movie. Yeah. Dark, dark, dark. Anyway, the Golden Idol really has nothing to do with the movie, though. This is kind of just a fun little preview where we get to know uh, Jones. So Jones, Satipo's dead. Jones gets out of the temple, um, and he immediately runs into this mean guy named Rene Balak. And Balak is played by this actor named Paul Freeman. Um, he is just another archaeologist who is really competitive and wants the golden idol. And he, um, you know, they run away from each other. Jones manages to escape. And we see Jones back at his college where, or at the museum where he teaches and um, it's funny, you know, because all the women in class are like obsessed with him. And fun fact, this is actually crazy. What I'm about to tell you is a true story. There's a shot in the in the classroom where you see an actor uh, leave his classroom and he takes an apple from Jones's desk. Guys, that actor, I don't know his name. He is my mother's, he was my mother's cousin's best friend. 
I'm not lying. My mom is British and her cousin, so her aunt's son's best friend, way back in the day, moved to Hollywood, tried to make it big, and he got um, a cameo in this movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's really him, too. It's really him. I don't know what happened to him. I don't even know if my mom met, met him, but as a kid, I always remember my mom being like, oh, that's my cousin's uh, best friend. Yeah, so it was really cool. Um, so he's back uh, teaching, and one day, these two army intelligence agents come to talk with Jones, and uh, Marcus Brody, he's played so well by this actor named Denholm Elliott, great actor. He is another, uh, he's a museum, excuse me, a museum curator, and he's good buddies with Jones. Uh, these army intelligence guys, they tell them that uh, these Nazis, this is 1936, remember, so it's before the Holocaust, but they're, you know, in power, and they tell Jones about the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is like a actual legendary, uh, I think it's real. It's, it's, a, it's an artifact that um, is supposed to be a chest that contains two of the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. Uh, you know, that the commandments, you know, that Moses gave to the Israelites on... Um, oh, we should have... I should have reviewed this on Shavuot. That would have been a good episode. Um, the army intelligence guys, though, they tell them that this ark uh, is being excavated in Egypt and the Nazis are there because Hitler's a little bitch and he thinks that this ark can give the Nazis superpowers. So they ask Jones if he can go there and get it before they can and bring it to the museum, you know? And Jones is like, hell yeah, I want to do this. Cause Jones, you got, he's like, he's such a passionate guy too. He just loves this stuff. You know, he's like, he's a dork. I mean, he loves it. You know what? I, I, I go back to like the dorky part of these movies that is so fun, you know? Um, so he goes on this adventure. He goes to, he first travels to Nepal Nepal, is that how you say it? It's that, um, uh, it used, it used to be called the Kingdom of Nepal. It was, um, in South Asia, formed in, uh, okay, that doesn't matter. That's not a part, an important part of the movie. But he goes and meets up with a woman that he used to sort of kind of fool around with date. Her name is Marion, and he knew Mary, uh, Marion's played by Karen Allen, and she's so fantastic in this movie. Uh, Marion's father was a mentor of Joan's, and Marion is working at this bar, and she is so badass. Like, she drinks a ton, and it manages to not get drunk at all. And she's just a badass. You know, she's a great person, a great character in this movie, because she's, like, never... When she is a damsel in distress, she's not like, Indy, help me! You know, like, she fights back, you know? What I didn't like about Temple of Doom is that Kate Capshaw's character is the polar opposite, and literally is like, I don't want to fight, I don't want to do this, I don't like it, but... Oh my God, Alan just crushes this role uh, so much. So he meets up with her because he says that he uh, needs the medallion, this medallion that uh, her father owned. And Marion is like, I'm not going to work with you. Get off, you know, get away from me, whatever. She's pissed off at him because, you know, he didn't really end things well with her. Uh, during this time, though, the Gestapo just burst into the bar and the Gestapo are led by this guy named Arnold Tote, who is like the scariest freaking villain of all time. He's played by an actor named Ronald Lacey. Um, he's so freaking, oh my God, he used to give me the creeps. And this scene used to give me the creeps too. So the Gestapo, they know about this medallion too. And they um, confront Marion and Marion's like, no. And then this big fight breaks out. Uh, Indiana comes in and, uh, Indiana, Indy. No one ever calls him Indiana. Indy comes in and there's a big shootout. Um, 
uh, Tote, excuse me, tries to take the medallion, but he burns his hand getting it, and Marion gets it, and she says, okay, okay, you know, Jones, I'm going to work with you, all right? But let's, but I'm going to, we're going to be this together. We're going to do this together, you know? So the two of them, they're a little flirty with each other, and they go and meet up with Jones's friend Salah in Cairo. Now, this movie was filmed in Tunisia. Really sad fact, uh, a lot of the crew, including uh, Harrison Ford, actually got food poisoning <laughs> when they were filming in Tunisia. So it was a bit of a tough uh, shoot. That really sucks. Food poisoning is just a pain in the butt. Salah uh, tells Jones that Balak, uh, Balok, however you say his name, you know, the guy at the beginning, the, ar the other archaeologist, he's actually secretly working um, with the Nazis and with Tote. Um, which is really, really bad. So um, there's a monkey too. There's a capuchin monkey that is secretly working for the baddies in this movie and befriends um, Marianne and Jones and is like secretly like running off and telling the bad guys like these these hidden Nazis and people that are working for uh, Toad and Balok and... <laughs> I have to laugh because that is pretty ridiculous. It's a freaking monkey for crying out loud. But there's more action. Uh, Jones mistakenly believes that Marion is killed because she gets kidnapped in this basket. But she's actually okay. Um, he, though, thinks that she's dead and she's secretly just been kidnapped by uh, Baylock. Why can't I say his name? I just watched this movie. Um, Jones eventually, though, you know, he's really heartbroken and he finds out... Uh, where the Ark is, and he goes uh, to this, uh, he finds out where it is, him him and, he and Salah find out where it is, and that's, there's also a really funny moment, too, where Jones finds out that Marion is alive, but she's tied up, and Marion's like, okay, good, you're here, get me out of here, and Jones just leaves her there, because he's just like, I can't get you out, I'm, uh, but I know that you're alive, so you'll be okay, and she's like, what the F, get me out of here, and he just leaves her. I love that scene. That cracks me up so much because it just adds to the comedy of this movie, you know, and it adds to, like, the funny, adorable little romance between these characters. So, what was I saying? Okay. Jones and Salah, they find out where it is. It is in this, like, underground uh, portion of this of this uh, ruin called the Well of Souls, and they open it up, and it's filled with snakes. Snakes, snakes, snakes. And like I said, remember, Jones hates snakes. Now, I've, I've read some different reports about this movie. This sequence is absolutely friggin' phenomenal. Um, I've read different reports that apparently they used 7,000 snakes, but also a lot of the snakes were fake because they just had the real snakes slither over them, and so it just you couldn't tell that they were fake. A lot of the snakes actually weren't snakes. They were uh, uh, legless lizards, which I googled and had a small stroke when I saw them, because they look freaking terrifying. Another fun fact, Vivian Kubrick, who was Stanley Kubrick's daughter, she actually um, complained about this when she found out about uh, on set about... She had nothing to do with the movie, but when she found out you know, that they were using all these snakes, she felt like they were being cruel to the snakes, and she actually went to the, not the, the Pika, or no, Pika, what am I talking about? Not, uh, PETA, yeah, not PETA. She basically went to another organization, this organization about, um, an anti-animal, anti-animal anti cruelty organization and complained about them, but they made it work, and they made this amazing sequence. So, Jones gets down, Salah does as well, and they, um, find the Ark, and they're lifting it up, and, uh, meanwhile, Marion, uh, you know, is 
really creepily kind of like trying to be seduced by Billock and she tries to fool him. She, she gets him drunk and she tries to escape, but it, she totally fails. And then Tote enters and Tote takes her, takes her to the dig and, and throws her into the, um, the, the well with all the snakes basically. So it's just Indy and Marion now, and they manage to get out. There's a lot of action, more action sequences. They manage to escape to, um, this U-boat uh, Salah leaves them. He's such a good character in this movie. Just a good old friend. He, uh, leaves them. And they also get the Ark back as well. So he, um, basically arranges for it to get taken back to, uh, London. But, um, yeah, obviously things don't really go as planned. Stupid Toad and stupid Balok just won't die. And they find them again. And they kidnap Marion again. And Indy gets away. And, you know... They get tied up, and there's this big, like, ceremony almost, and it's all of these Nazis and Belloc and, and Tote are there, and they open up the Ark, and Jones is smart, though. Jones know that Jones has been warned that this Ark is actually really dangerous and it shouldn't be open because it's very powerful, and there's a lot of bad juju in there, and, and um, uh, uh, oh, God, that sounded anti-Semitic because it's, like, an Israeli, uh, Israel is, you know, it was by the Israelites, not Juju. You know what I mean? There, there's like bad luck in this. You're not supposed to open it. That's what he's been warned. Uh, but, um, Balok and Tote and everybody, they open it and it's this beautiful, but kind of scary sequence. And Jones and, uh, Marion, they close their eyes. He tells Marion, don't look, just don't look at the Ark. Don't look at what comes out of the Ark. All of these beautiful flames and these spirits of these like dead Israelites come out and these like weird, like, electric bolts of energy and all of a sudden everything goes haywire these spirits their faces turn to like skulls and it's a really scary sequence but it's so badass uh these electric these bolts of energy shoot through all the nazis and kill them totes uh face completely melts off belloc's face blows up and everybody dies and marion and jones open up their eyes and <sighs> Everything is back to normal. So we're near the end of the movie now. Marion and Jones are back in the United States. The government, you know, is really happy for Jones. Um, he finds out that they've moved the Ark to a quote-unquote undisclosed location um, to for people to study, basically. So it ends up not coming to the museum, but it's probably for a good reason, though, because, yeah... And there's a really clever, creepy last shot where we see the Ark, and it's it's in this huge crate, and it's locked up, and it's in this huge warehouse. And it makes you wonder, huh, what else is in there? Wink, wink, wink. And then, you know, Jones and Marion, they're back together, and the movie ends. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just loved it. I 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 loved it. And look, like... You don't even need sequels to this movie. The sequels, except for the fourth one, you know, look, they're, they're fun. They are fun movies, but nothing beats the first one. And this movie, again, like I said, was obviously a gigantic hit. It is how it is today. When it came out, people were just so blown away. I even read somewhere that this led to an increase in archaeology students. Like, archaeology became such a famous... Uh, study at, in schools because everybody wanted to be like Jones. They wanted to be like Harrison Ford and go out and um, study these awesome things. Um, you know, I think obviously the snake, the, the two most classic sequences here are uh, the snake sequence 
And the final shot where the spirits come out and everybody gets killed. Now the snakes, this is kind of creepy, but the snakes were, were well behaved uh, and they weren't venomous apart from the cobras. The cobras were the only venomous snakes, but the only really scary moment was there was uh, an, a guy, first assistant director named David Tomlin, who was actually bit by a cobra on the hand, but he didn't freak out. He very calmly said, okay, guys, get the snake off of me, please get it off. And they did. And he went to the hospital and he was okay. That's what you do though. If a snake bites you, 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 you don't scream. Have you ever held a snake before? I've held a snake. I went to this um, event many years ago, this like animal pet event, and I got to hold a boa constrictor. I faced my fears and the boa constrictor, I almost took it home with me. I loved it. And then the boa constrictor went to the bathroom almost on me and that was really close call. But anyway, yeah, that's amazing. And you know, the shot at the end where their faces melt, I mean, I'm always so fascinated how they do that. I read that it was actually done with three things, a shotgun, a vacuum machine, and a time-lapsed heat gun. I don't really know what that is, but the vacuuming though, you can definitely tell that they do it in that shot. And also the shot with the mannequin, or I'm sorry, the shot with the ghosts coming out of the arc, the way they shot that was, this is so crazy guys, mannequins, they shot mannequins underwater in slow motion using a fuzzy lens on the camera. So they did that to give it more of like an eerie quality. And you know, when you rewatch that shot, you look up close in those faces and you kind of go, yeah, you know what? Mannequins scare the crap out of me. Anytime I go to a shopping mall and I see them, I just want to kick them. They're so freaky. But you look at them when you go, yeah, you know what? Like the eyes, I can kind of like see, they look a little bit creepy. And look what they did. Look at what these incredible people did with like a pretty limited budget. That I think is just what makes Raiders of the Lost Ark more than iconic is, is how it inspired so many other directors to get their own movie camera and create their own special effects just using things around them. You know, I mean, who the hell would have thought about that? We're not going to use a big fancy Mac computer. We're just going to get mannequins and put them underwater and film them in slow motion. You know, who would have thought about that? It's crazy. It's so crazy. I wish movies did that more nowadays, you know, because nowadays it's just like, oh no, just go online and make it cool that way. And yeah, it does look really cool, but I think that's just the great thing about rewatching these movies is learning about how they made them, how they pulled them off, and like how almost humorous it is, but they make it work so well. And they make it one of the coolest movies of all time. Oh my God, do I recommend this movie? Hell yeah, where can you watch it? Disney Plus! Disney Plus, Disney Plus, go watch it. Go watch it if you've not seen it already. I recommend it 100%. Yes, you can watch the sequels. Um, yes, you can even watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes, definitely go see Dial of Destiny. I thought it was really badass. Uh, and also Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in it, and she's freaking so funny and hilarious and badass in the movie as well. I keep saying badass. I can't think of any other word. What is the moral of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, man. Um... You know what? I think the moral is that there's an Indiana Jones in all of us. You know, there's kind of a geeky side of us who loves archaeology or anything that we study, you know? And there's a there's a big fighter in all of us, too. Um, but also be really careful and don't die because, you know, Indy does get, like, shot and beat up like crazy in this movie and in, and in other movies, too. So, yeah, be careful. But anyway, wow, this was a really fun episode. And it's such a great movie to review on a Friday. Guys, stop everything you're doing and just watch this tonight if you're not going out. 
And if you get home late, watch it. It's so good. It's the shortest movie in all, out of all of the Indiana Jones movies, too. So freaking fantastic. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. New episodes are every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, I have... What is the next movie? Oh, yeah. I'm also nearing the 50 mark, which means I get to do another uh, ranking again, like I did when I hit the 25, which is really fun. So, sorry, I always forget to put my freaking phone on vibrate. I'm really hungry, too. I got to go make some pasta. Yeah, new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Don't forget to rate and view and subscribe. Leave a positive comment, please. It really helps me. You can also follow me on YouTube. Subscribe there. New episodes drop the same day as they do on the podcast. You can uh, catch the podcast wherever you catch your podcasts. Uh, and yeah, you can also follow this on Instagram at I'm reviewing here. You can follow me personally at <sighs> M-A-B-U-S-S-Y. I'm not going to pronounce it. You pronounce it your own way. And yeah, I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Happy weekend. Woo!